Three. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kevin Nash right here on Dayton ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. We will be live at the Submarine House in Centerville this coming up Saturday, starting at 10.30 a.m., right up to kickoff for the Buckeye pregame show on our sister station, 92.9 Jack FM, and right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So come on out and hang out. Take advantage of the food and drink specials, of course, and hang out with us as we get you set for Ohio State and Iowa for a noon kick. Finally, the Buckeyes back at that noon kick slot, Kev. Oh, you uh, like so the noon kicks now. I, when I have to work on Saturdays, I do. <laughs> I can't do anything during the day. Oh, man, you know, oh, a 3 o'clock kick, cool. Friends are out golfing, drinking. I can't do a dang thing. I just sit there and just stare at the TV. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I have to help clean, do laundry, you know. Help the, like, dang, it's not fun. So, uh, yes, yeah, a noon kick. That way my day is over at noon. There you go. There you, and actually, it's done at like 1240 by the time that Ohio State-Iowa game's done. So there's that. Um, let's see. Back to the comment section we go. Uh, let's see. Oh, what? I mean, Shaw, you did. I mean, that was your fault. I mean, you threw that temper <laughs> tantrum yesterday. I had, you know, you started it. I finished it. There you go. Uh, let's. What see. was your saying yesterday? You don't hang up on me. I hang up on you. Yeah, you don't hang up on me. I hang up on you. Uh, payback. Johnny Ortez says, "I wish we could clip things." Oh, I got you covered. You want the Kenner vs. Shaw compilation? I mean, I'm just saying, like we could do seasons one, two, volumes one, two, three, and four. I want the prequel. I'm gonna save them all from here on out through the end of the year. And then we'll in January release the the entire season. It could be a whole podcast of just Shaw acting a fool. Just saying it, not me. Um, all right, uh, what's the update on your Guardians? Uh, four to nothing, Yankees. Top of the third. Four to nothing, Yankees. Top mm-hmm. of the third. One out. Uh, I want to be done with college football here in a second. I want to be done with baseball. I'm sure. <laughs> um, college football, we'll move on from that in just a second. I want to get into NBA tips off tonight, and I want to talk a little Dayton Flyers basketball coming up. Uh, the AP Top 25 came out yesterday. They cracked the AP Top 25. I want to talk about the expectations for UD coming up here in just a second. But as I said earlier, the AP poll, okay, that's fine. That's based on the success versus teams within that poll. But I do think that if the college football playoff poll came out tonight, Kev, um, and what? let's see, let me look at this, Kev. What is it? One, two, dang. So I guess November 2nd, that would be a Wednesday. So two weeks, in two weeks, that poll comes out. Mm-hmm. And in two weeks, Ohio State would have had, you know, Iowa, that's a win. And then Penn State, they have to take care of business against them. I think they'll be fine there, too. I think they're fine the rest of the way. Um, you know, whatever. But if the poll came out, this isn't Kev's poll or Kenner's poll. This is if the college football playoff poll came out tonight based on the, the habits of the committee in years past. I know the, the, you know, the individuals change and all that stuff, but overall they've been fairly consistent as far as what they look for. I think Tennessee is the number one team. I think that they would put Ohio State at two. I think Georgia would be three. And then that four is where it really gets interesting. I could see them still putting Bama there, but I think Michigan would probably go four. And then Clemson and Alabama at five and six. Ole Miss is still undefeated. I don't know who they have between now and then. I'd have to look that up. Is there a team I am forgetting? Is there a team still in the conversation that should be in that five and six, four, five, and six conversation? What's your? What do you think it would look like, I guess? I think it would go... Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, Georgia one. Yeah, I think they would go Georgia one, Tennessee two, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Um, we're just looking at the resumes. If you look at what Clemson was able to accomplish, I know nobody respects the ACC, but they still rank wins. And Alabama doesn't have any rank wins. None of the teams that they beat 
when they uh, played and were ranked, if I'm not mistaken. I can triple check that, but I know that Texas is ranked now, but when they played them, they weren't. Well, I mean, if you're going to say resume-wise, I mean, then there's not a team out there that has a better resume than Tennessee. That's why, you know, but this is why this, they do this purpose. You know, right. it's, it's all done on purpose as far as they, they move the talking points around, but the resume has always been the most important. The resume has always carried everyone. Um, last year, there were teams. Cincinnati kept thinking last year, oh, we're going to be in the top six. We're going to be, the, and then Cincinnati would come in at eight. And I remember Cincinnati fans upset, but their strength, their schedule was just not strong enough. They didn't have any, you know, good quality wins. They did have the Notre Dame win last year, and it still wasn't strong enough. Uh, so in, in Georgia, and again, the AP is not the AP voters, not the same as the college football right. playoff. But they've been inconsistent I mean, because that's. By the way, you know how you've know, you know you've made it. When you're Georgia, you're still dominating teams, but you don't look as sexy dominating teams, uh, and they're being held to the Ohio State and the Alabama. I take that back. Bama beat Arkansas when they were ranked. Arkansas was ranked 20th when they beat them. And, you know, like I said yesterday, Bama still is in play because they play in the SEC West, so they still got matchups against, this week, Mississippi State, who's ranked 24. Then they go to LSU. Then they travel to Ole Miss, who is number seven right now. And then they close the season out with Auburn. So if things go the way that they want, you know, they'll be playing in the SEC championship game, controlling their own destiny. I just got someone emailing me. Interesting. Email? What's an email? They are sick and tired of the disrespect that I showed towards callers. Hanging up on Shaw was childish, and they will not listen again. Wow. Shaw, tell your parents to stop messaging me. <laughs> no, I, okay, you know what? And I've always worried that, that me and Shaw go back and forth. They're going to rub people the wrong. Shaw, call back so I can show people that we're cool. Okay, just call back if you want. If you don't trust it, I don't care. That's fine. Call back so I can get these people off my back. Shaw starts it, but I'm the bad guy. Okay, fine. I'll prove that I can be mature. Shaw, call back. I'm being serious, and we'll be fine. But, uh, but yeah, so real quick, I, I will say, Shaw, speaking of Shaw, he says Ohio State would be one, Georgia two, uh, Michigan three, Tennessee four. Is that, yeah, I just put him on hold right there. Uh, there we go. So he puts Ohio State one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Tennessee four, Clemson five, Alabama six. Uh, so, and again, if the polls came out tonight, I just, I think that the resume is the most important thing. And Tennessee, there's no one that comes close to theirs. They have four top 25 wins, and, and all of those have come within the SEC. And then you do what you did against Alabama. Um, it is what it is. Uh, do, 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 do. Johnny Ortez says, this is not an airport. No need to announce your departure. Ah, well played. <laughs> now I see what that was about. My ADD. See, when, I, when people get mad at me, I, I'm, not, I'm a people pleaser. As much as I annoy people, I, when they're mad at me, I don't like when they're mad at me. You know? It is what it is. I get emails all the time about winning tickets and not being able to go to the show. I'm sure. Dick A, how are you, buddy? Oh. Dick A! Where's Dickie? Where'd he go? He's in the top ten. Don't even get to talk to him. I couldn't wait to tell him the news that he won a Dundee. That he's a part <laughs> of the Justin Kenner top ten list. Um, so there's that. But, all right, so we're going to move over to college basketball coming up here in just a second. Uh, but, uh, Shaw, let's show people we can be mature, shall we? Let's do it. All right. What do you want? Well, there's a game that we haven't talked about yet that happened Saturday. Well, I don't want to talk to you. All right. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kevin Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. He fell for it. No one emailed me. 
That was that was great. That, I'm done. We're gonna talk that college basketball. Mean. That was mean. That was mean. So, so college basketball, the Dayton Flyers in the top 25, the AP top 25 preseason poll. They come in at number 24. This is different than in 2020. Of course, they came in unranked, and then they had to build up that success that really you know had people questioning. Okay, is this team for real? Is this team for real? They had to prove that they were for real. Now they start the season in the top 25. What are your thoughts on the Dayton Flyers cracking the top 25, the AP top 25 preseason poll? Let's talk college basketball when we come back. Fourteen ten Wing AM weather. The mid afternoon and early evening will be cloudy. We will be live here at the Nutter Center this coming up Saturday night for WWE Saturday Night Main Event. We have quite a few tickets. My sources tell me the online contest is live. Correct? It is live. It is live. We'll do it live. So head to WingAM.com and register for an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see WWE. Saturday night's main event this coming up Saturday night. Again, looking forward to that. We have plenty of tickets. We'll be giving away uh, the tickets throughout the week. They're digital, so if you win them, we'll be, of course, contacting you and just sending the tickets directly to you. So make sure the email that you register for uh, you know, for the contest with, that's the email that we'll be emailing you the tickets to. So make sure you keep that uh, in mind. This was the latest update on the card. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley versus The Miz versus, versus Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, you'll get to see Ronda Rousey, which I'm pretty jacked about that. Bianca Belair, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, The Usos. Tickets start at $20. For those of you who are, uh, you know, don't win the tickets, of course, tickets still available at $20. And the main event, the main event, Kev, it's going to be me <laughs> versus Shaw. Me versus Shaw. I got my money on Shaw. I met Shaw out at... Some Marine House Shaw's a big guy, got some big hands, and uh, I'm sure he wants to put them paws on you. You're a small man. I can run. <laughs> I'm look as mouthy as I am. You think I got to th- this point in my life? Are you a zigzag runner? Well, yeah, it's like a bear. You don't run straight out. You just run side to side, right? Like that's not a bear. What, what do you run side to side with to get? Yeah, it's a bear. It's a bear. See, I'm prepared. I'm I think prepared. it's a bear. Either way, I'm not gonna outrun any damn animal. Shaw, though, that animal, I will. <laughs> All right. Apparently, I think I've done the unthinkable. I've got people to sympathize with him. All of a sudden, now I'm foul. Brandon Kelty says, unreal. This guy's the biggest troll. Laugh my ass off. (laughs) Foul. I agree. Uh, Let's see. What else is happening? Um, Ryan Strong, even with all the Bengals in his profile picture, he says, Kenner just made my top ten list of radio hosts. Wow. Thank you. There's a lot of goats out there. Let you got Dan Patrick. You got Dustin Collins. Taylor said it's alligator. And I was gonna say I don't know if it, does anyone have a top ten list. That's a lot of hosts. I don't yeah. have a top ten. No. Colin, top ten Dan media Patrick. personalities. Hmm. So who knew being mean to people would get me liked? <laughs> it's called being a bully. Um, Were you bullied as a kid? Uh, no, my. What my theory was, I've always made fun of myself because if 
I'm in a, gr- a room of people I know because if I was someone else looking at me, <laughs> I always look at myself. I'm like, okay, if I didn't know me, what would I make fun of me for? My height, my weight. It's the easiest two things. Okay. And, you know, not athletic. Come on, man. You play college basketball. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the list goes on and on. So I walk into a room full of people. Hey, short fatty's here. Ha, ha, ha. Like, oh, okay. So I checked him off. That, now it's not funny. If they make fun of me for my height and weight, it's not as funny because I already, you ain't burning me. The M&M approach in 8 Mile. That's an M&M approach? Me and, I've always You've been never told, seen 8 Mile? I've always been told me and M&M have a lot in common. You've never seen 8 Mile? No. Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not ashamed. Dustin Taylor said it's an alligator you do that to, by the way. I don't think we're going to run into many alligators or bears or anything like that here. I could have ran into some alligators. How? Oh, you know, back in March. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you chose to stay here. Unbelievable. Brad says, pretty sure that's running from bees. Brad, if there's a lot of bees, it don't matter if you run to right, left, whatever. They're, they're going to get you. Goodness. Uh, I'm still stuck on the fact that you've never seen 8 Mile. I don't watch movies. And, and you know I don't watch movies. And every time but I, that's Eminem. Like, everybody's. Oh, Shaw said to ring the bell. Kenner being stupid. Yeah, for not seeing 8 Mile, that's, that's, that's laughable. Well, then uh, Ryan Strong says... Uh, no 8 Mile, you're off the list. <laughs> there you go. Like, there's like 10 movies that everybody has to see. Why? Because. Because well, that, that's not an answer. Because I, I guarantee majority of our listeners have seen the Godfather trilogy. I haven't seen that either. Oh, my goodness, man. I also think Hoosiers is the stupidest movie. I didn't, I didn't say nothing about Hoosiers. Well, I get I get ripped for that, too. And I'm like, there's a lot of movies. And I'm like, okay, I should probably watch that one. I've tried like five minutes in. I'm like, this is dumb. This is dumb. But you already had that preconceived notion that it was going to be dumb. I I mean, it's It's a good movie. It's very corny. It's just goofy. Oh, it's a cheesy movie. It's definitely definitely a cheesy movie. I don't do cheesy. That's... No. Never seen the Godfather trilogy. Nope. Really, you only need to see the first two Godfathers. Really can pass on part three, but definitely part one and part two. I was a fan of the Godfather, the the wrestler. (laughs) He was the pimp. I know who he was. Yeah. I, 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 like the days of D'Lo Brown and stuff like that. He would always like, like do his like his intro, and I had no clue what he was saying, <laughs> and I'd get in trouble because I'd repeat what he was saying. And my yeah, mom was like, you need to stop. Yeah, I'd get in trouble all the time. So there's that. What's some other movies that Kenner should watch? <laughs> Johnny put that said, in the chat. Johnny said, "I bet Kenner has seen The Notebook." <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want The Notebook? I mean, come on. What? I'm not I, a movie I, guy. I, um, oh, Shaw, he says his favorite movie. All right. What? Tombstone. Tombstone, I've seen Tombstone. I enjoy their I'll pizza. I'll be a Huckleberry. I enjoy their pizza. They might be a sponsor. I'll be quiet. Uh, Field of Dreams, Shaw, nope. Definitely seen Field nope. of Dreams. Like Kevin Costner, but nope. Original Red Dawn. Ah, yes, yes. Braveheart. Braveheart, Mel Gibson. Is, uh, Red Dawn, Patrick Swayze's in Red Dawn. Josh Maloney says, uh, get rich or die trying. Is that the, the yeah. one about half a dollar? No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 50 okay. cent. Yes. Uh, real quick. See who Curtis Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Curtis Jackson the third. Come on. The half a dollar. I thought that I deserved a little more for the half a dollar oh, yeah. line. I mean, <laughs> clerks. Nope. Nope. Uh, who's calling? Oh, Ron, I can't say that. What is wrong with you? No, no. All right. All right, so the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. This is supposed to be a sports talk show, and today no. has just totally gone off the rails. What? No, it's a movie show now. 
It's a movie show now? Because we're going to get you hip. We're going to get you good. We're going to get you squared away. Uh, let's see. Braveheart? Nope. Clerks? Oh, no. It's the last movie I went to see. I don't know the last movie I just watched. I thought you said you was going to get, like, the movie pass and everything like that. I did. And they just keep saving up because I don't go. <laughs> Let me get well, it because I want to go see Idris Black Alba, Panther 2. Whatever his name is, the, the lion movie or whatever. It's like, it's just... Oh, it's, Beast? Beast, yeah. That was all right. Idris Elba? Yeah. And I, I, I read... That he pissed his daughter off because like he casted that movie. Yeah. And his daughter auditioned to be his daughter in the movie, and he picked that the, obviously the girl in the movie. It's not his daughter. Right. So I thought that was that's cold blooded. Y'all think me hanging up on Shaw was bad? How about you having a chance to cast a movie? You don't even pick your own daughter. No nepotism. Father of the year, right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot, Johnny. I ain't even reading half of these. So uh, okay, we're <laughs> some guy yelling at at Ron. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's uh, let's focus here. It is a sports talk show. Let me try and do my... Uh, Allegedly. Pro- be, i got to try and be professional. All right. Um, it's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. So yesterday, I'll uh, talk about college basketball here. Dayton men's basketball, they rank... They came in number 24 uh, in the AP preseason poll. The AP poll. The AP preseason poll. And... Uh, you know, and that's the thing too. We knew coming back, like they bring like all five starters back. Uh, they have a nice incoming class, like that Sheravamp's kid. I can't wait to watch him. He has quite the following, and I think he's gonna. I mean, we've seen some big time fan favorites at UD. Obviously, Obi. I mean, obviously, Obi Scucci and some others. And they come back, that place just pops. Jalen mm-hmm. Crutcher, big time fan favorite as well. Sheravamp's, I think, is gonna be that next big thing uh, from just an on the floor standpoint. But I just think he has that it factor that uh, is gonna draw a lot of people in. But, Kev, so North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, and Kansas are your top five. UD, again, has another opportunity to run into Kansas on their invitational early in the season. We'll talk about their schedule here in just a moment. But uh, it's Dayton comes in at number 24. They're right between Illinois at 23 and Texas Tech at 25. Now, every year when these polls come out, we hear the polls don't matter, the polls don't matter. The polls don't matter when your teams like Duke and North Carolina and others who they could start out the season 0-3 and, and still be in the top 15, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just how those, you know, that's how those, the poll is built for those teams. I think it's a huge deal uh, for Dayton to be coming in at number 24, mainly just because of the fact that, hey, you know, that's obviously from the branding perspective and just obviously they're on the radar. Right. We, you know, I don't know if this team is going to be as good as that 2020 team. This is something David Jablonski and I talked about when he came on the show last Friday. Um, I said the one thing about that 2020 run was that that season was one of the best things that's ever happened to the program, but I feel like for the immediate future it could also not hurt the program. That's I, I'm trying to think of a way to word this without people trying to call me a hater. What I mean is, is no matter like no matter how hot this team is to start the season or how good they end up being, let's say they finish the season ranked 18th, is the fact that they they're not number three in the country that they they you know what if Deron Holmes isn't you know Obi Toppin? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to expect him to be Obi Toppin. But I think the habit that UD fans are going to run into is everything that they do is going to be compared to what they did in 20. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair. Now, there's some UD fans listening who will say, no, I'm not. That's fine that you're not. But I do believe that there's going to be a good chunk of fans who will feel that. Not that they're not going to support them. Hell, there's been some down seasons the last couple of years that they've still filled up UD Arena to go watch and support, obviously, since Anthony Grant's run. But um, this is different than 2020 from the perspective of, Kev, they weren't ranked heading into that 2020 season. It took a while. I mean, they really have a kind of 
got on everyone's radar was they almost beat Kansas. Right. Um, that was the season where they didn't beat any top 25 teams. I remember people getting angry at me because I kept saying, hey, their two biggest games are the two top 25 opponents they faced. They're the biggest not accomplishment because that sounds like a backhanded compliment, I guess. But like the, hanging in there with two top twenty-five teams that year, obviously Kansas is how they kind of got on everyone's radar. But they didn't just beat teams, Kev. They bludgeoned teams all right. season long. I really would have been curious to see what would have happened come NCAA tournament time, mainly because everyone just assumes that, man, that was Dayton's year to win it. That was Dayton's year to have a chance to win it. The thing about the NCAA tournament is, Kev, the best team never wins it. Like the best, it's you know what I mean. Like it's known for its upsets and all the craziness that happens with it. So I mean, we'll always remember that year being the team that they were going to be a one seed. They were the number three team in the country. Who knows what would have happened come tournament time? I'm never one to say that the best team, you know, that that would have been the year they won a national championship. That was as good of any right. of an opportunity to win it. So my big thing is in five one eight fourteen ten UD fans. Though this season, are you going to be able to watch this team and not compare it to that 2020 season? Can Deron Holmes be special and great without you comparing him to Obi Toppin? Can this team uh, be ranked 15th and it still feels special even though they're not the number three team in the country like a couple years ago? Some of you are rolling your eyes at this questioning. Others of you understand where I'm coming from with it. I think it is going to be interesting. I also think the A-10, this is something that David Jablonski talked about the other day on the show, the A-10 is better this year than what it was in that 2020 season. That's not to take anything away from that 2020 UD team, but the A-10 was not as good that season as what it is this upcoming year, or at least depth-wise, or how teams match up. I don't think this UD team is as good as that 2020 team. But we also didn't think that 2020 team is going to be the number three team in the country. We've seen crazier things happen. Uh, The ups and the downs of the Anthony Grant era at UD is so strange to me. We've seen some of the worst of the worst, you know, losing to three bye games last year to three no-name teams that you paid good money for them to come in because you're supposed to beat up on them. You win one of those, you're in the NCAA tournament last Mm -hmm. year. Um, And then we see the highs of the highs where he's national coach of the year. You have national player of the year. Your game day is on campus. You know what I mean? Like Last big event before COVID. Yes, exactly. I will never forget that. And... The, the Anthony Grant era is just so fascinating to me because Archie Miller came in, Kev, and it was just that ascension, right? Yeah. He came in, I think they won 20 games that first year, but it was a rough go-round of it, too, a little bit, or close to 20 games. Or no, they were 500, I'm sorry, that first season with him, and then they just took off from there. And you know what I mean? It was the ascension. You enjoyed the journey. It was just one smooth ascension the whole time that, that Archie Miller was here, and then he left and took the Indiana job, of course. And with Anthony Grant... It's hard to get a good feel for his run here because, man, the resume speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. National coach of the year, number three team in the country. You know, sent Obi Toppin into the NBA lottery, of course, uh, in the draft. And, you know, they who knows what would have happened if they actually played in the NCAA tournament that year, but they would have been a one seed. And then you look at the down years. When they're bad under Anthony Grant, Kev, they're bad. Like, it's there's no in-between, right? <laughs> like, it's just fascinating, the run, how different it has been. Anthony Grant versus Archie Miller. There's no similarities between the runs at all. Uh, you know, Archie was an ascension. I mean, they just started, you know, he came in, and they just built him up, built him up, built him up, and then left. And with Anthony Grant, it's just been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But luckily for UD fans, because they've experienced a lot of frustration over the last year and a half, this might be the year we could put that frustration behind him and now just enjoy the roster that he's put together. So we'll see what happens. The thing about this team, they're going to have a chance to compete in the da- in the dance, you know, 
obviously as long as they make it. Um, they're also going to have a chance to play in the A-10 tournament, unlike the team from 20. You know, COVID ended that. You know, people talk about COVID ending March Madness, but it also ended a lot of conference tournaments as well. So, you know, they're trying to make up for all those years that they didn't win the conference tournament, the A-10 tournament. So this team has that opportunity. So if I'm a coach on this team or if I'm a player on this team, I'm not thinking anything about the 20 team. Shoot, half the guys that were uh, – more than half the guys that were on this team in 20, they were in high school right now. So they have no connection to this. Only us as fans and the coaches have a connection to that. So they can hear the chatter from, you know, the student body and us in the media and everything like that. They don't need to worry about the 20 team. That They, they had their chance. Unfortunately, COVID ruined their opportunity. We have to worry about what we can control and what is in front of us. Now, coach, on the other hand, he he can probably still be thinking about, oh, what could have been, because guess what? He was there. But these guys are going to actually be putting the ball in the hole and rebounding and everything like that. They weren't there. So for us as fans, let's go down to UD Arena, root these guys on, and hopefully they can do something very magical in the most important time of the year in college basketball, which is March Madness. Because the thing about it, why UD fans can hang on to that season so much is because March Madness never happened. There wasn't a team that's a nine seed out there that makes a sweet 16 run or makes it to the final four. Because in all actuality, your regular season doesn't matter. It just doesn't. And unfortunately, that's how college uh, basketball is perceived now. Only thing that matters is what happens in the tournament. So you could be the worst team out there. The, the What the UMBC team that beat Virginia, the first 16 seed to beat uh, one seed. Virginia was the number one overall seed. They won the ACC by five games. They won the ACC tournament. Nobody cares that that happened. Only thing that people remember is you guys lost to a 16 seed. You're the first guys to do that. And what did they do the next season that propelled them into winning it all the following season? They were the number one team in college basketball that next season, and they were actually able to do it. But nobody remembers what they did in the regular season. The only thing they remember is the tournament. So get to the tournament. Make a run. Uh, Johnny Ortez says uh, it's about time you started talking about the best team in this area. He continues. The, I mean, you are such an Ortez, Johnny. You are such an Ortez. I tell you what, your dad will be so proud of you right now, especially with this next line. It still won't put people in the seats at the Nutter Center. I mean, he's on a roll. <laughs> he's on a roll. Goodness. Uh, but uh, no, he, he says, look, the 20 never finished. Hard as a fan to even uh, feel like that. And he goes, we know that in college basketball, the main goal is getting into the dance. Yes, that's, you know, that, that, that is the, the big thing about college basketball is that it's actually, I'm not saying it's the easiest sport to coach or manage by any means, but as long as you're getting to the tournament and getting to the tournament regularly, right. your job is safe. At the end of the day, as long as, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, Ohio State a few years ago moved on from Dad Mata, or I'm sorry, he, you know, resigned. Um, but a lot of that had to do with the pressures of the fact that they hadn't gone to the NCAA tournament in a few seasons. They weren't even close. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, where they go with Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman's on the hot seat for some Buckeye fans out there, but he's been at the he's been in the NCAA tournament every single season. Like it, it's a but, and that's why he's fine. Right. Like Gene Smith and company is like, oh, we need to move on from uh, from Chris Holtman. You got to be careful. You got to have you know self awareness of who you are as a program. Ohio State, yes, you would love to be a program that is that has national championship expectations every year. But I think as long as the football program is in position, <laughs> with, you know, being in position to win national championships every year, and as long as Chris Holtman has them in the NCAA tournament, that's all that matters. But that's all that matters for UD as well. 
You know, uh, Neil Sullivan had come out two years ago, and you know, or not just two years ago, it was when they initially brought, uh, of course, Anthony Grant on, talking about the fact that they do have NCAA tournament expectations. Yeah. But they haven't been there since Anthony Grant got here. I know that they were would have been the the you know the number three team in the country. They would have been a one season, all that. But we haven't seen him pace the sidelines during an NCAA tournament game as head coach uh, of the Dayton Flyers, and that's really what this season comes to. Kev, they don't have to win the A10 this year. They don't have to win the A10. They're the preseason favorites in the A10 as well. But they don't have. Kevin, they just got to go dancing, get to the NCAA tournament. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. That's what makes college basketball so unique. I mean, you talk about that all the time. Like we teams put banners up. Not all teams, but teams put banners mm-hmm. up for Sweet 16 runs. Right. For elite. Oh, that was our Elite Eight year. That was our Sweet 16 season. That. Oh yeah, we made the NCAA tournament that year. To me, it sounds like. Well, you don't win a championship. Who cares? (laughs) But that's what makes the NCAA tournament uh, so unique uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Some guy on Facebook says, I like comparing the two teams. I think this current roster has much better talent. I mean, come on. The 2020 team uh, starting Ryan Mikesell to Marnie Camara is a huge upgrade there. Possibly, look, I need to... <laughs> it had a lottery pick, for goodness sakes, and the player of the year. But I think to his point... <laughs> Overall... I think the depth on this team, too. But that's assuming Sheravams comes in and can adapt right off the bat. I mean, they do have experience, like, very similar to that 20 team. They're bringing back everyone with experience. Like, it's the same starting five as last season. Uh, and I think that's going to, you know, that's there's going to be expectations. of Malachi Smith, we haven't mm-hmm. talked about him. And he was one of my he was my favorite last year just because he has that pit bull mentality. He makes all those hustle plays like the team feeds off of him. It's kind of like that Scoochie effect. Scoochie was really, really good, too. But there was just an energy that he brought to the table that everyone fed off of. But Blake... Blakeney, you know, Kobe Elvis, you know, it's going to be Malachi Smith, Chumani Kamara. I mean, there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of these guys uh, that are going to have to step up. Kobe Brea is going to be a guy, you know, sixth man of the year uh, that they're going to have to really focus on. And then the top newcomers, you know, Mike Sheravamps, as we talked about, that's going to be key uh, as far as that's concerned. Last season, Kev, the Flyers, uh, 24-11. and 11. You win 24 games. 24 games. And they're the first that team out, thing. right? First team out. And that's why I mean, it's that dang that losing those three bye games. It's like they can't catch a break. And I don't mean can't catch a break. Win those, win one. I don't think it's that unfair. To, I mean, they win. Kev, that's a 27-win team a year ago. Those three losses should never have happened. It's okay. You you know, you struggle early in the preseason or the non-conference, and you maybe you let teams like that hang around. You don't lose to them. And they lost to them. They lost them at home. That's unacceptable. And I think it's even harder to swallow. It's one thing if UD would go on to have like a bad year last year. Like let's say they only win 17, 18 games. It's not terrible, but it's still a bad year. But when you win 24 games, I think that's what made those three losses even worse because that's what put them out of their misery overall. Like, they, they didn't make the NCAA tournament because of what they did in November. So, yes, I think these early games matter more than you can imagine. Here's what's coming up for the Dayton Flyers uh, exhibition game against Capital on October 29th. I mean, that's that's 11 days from now. Wow. College basketball, unbelievable. So the exhibition game. But November 7th is technically when UD will tip things off. They'll have Lindenwood. Never, who the hell's Lindenwood? They're not president? I don't know. I don't know if he's showing up or not. Bottom line is, look, they don't expect you to know who some of these teams are in the non-con, but they do have a very good non-con. Uh, they have SMU coming to the arena on, on November 11th. They'll be at UNLV uh, on the 15th. Um, and then they, they decided to go kind of swimming in the in the basement, you know, the lower level a little bit with the old Horizon League. <laughs> they didn't go after the top Horizon League schools. They, they do what they do. They go after the bottom of the conference because they don't want to, you know, don't say they don't fear Wright State. If you want to play a Horizon League school, why don't you actually face a competitive team out of that conference instead of Robert Morris. My goodness. 
But hey, after last year losing them by games, I understand why you want to you know stay clear of you know the upper half of a conference that you think you should pummel. We'll see. But we'll no, see. in all seriousness, that SMU UNLV non-conference matchups are really good. And then of course uh, the battle for Atlantis. They got Wisconsin right off the bat, and then a chance to run into potentially uh, Kansas later on. So I think that's pretty interesting. Always pulling Kansas, huh? That's what. Jablonski was on the other day with us, and we were talking about it's weird to say everyone questions who's UD's rival. Like some people say they don't really have one. I guess VCU because of the, you know in the conference. But it's kind of weird that Kansas is kind of technically turned into one. If they run into Kansas again this year, like you know they lost a tight one in overtime with Obi Toppin in twenty last year, of course, after losing those three straight bye games, then you go on, you know, and then you knock off Kansas. Doesn't make any damn sense. That sets up the potential you know rubber match this season. Let's get it on. Uh, you know, I'm ready for college basketball season. And much as I've enjoyed um, what's going on right now in college football, I'm pretty war- I'm pretty excited about what's coming up uh, for college basketball. Five one eight fourteen ten. Kev, who we have? We got Jerry online too. Jerry online too. Jerry, what up, sir? Oh, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. How are you, Mister One and Four? Uh, we're doing fine. Oh, stop it. What? Just we got one it. more win You're... than you, buddy. We got one more win than you. And <laughs> yeah. I have no room to talk. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, just shout out to, uh, first of all, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> no. Come on. Come on you would love it. You would love it. That's a Kenner movie. You would love that movie, Justin. I'm telling you, if you don't watch any of the other ones suggested, you have got to watch Wolf of Wall Street. Pro- I promise you, if, if you watch it and you don't like it, just say it. I'll never call again. I promise. I'm definitely going home to what? No, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Jerry, I'm okay. just not a movie guy. My ADD, I cannot sit down. Like, here's here's what happens. My wife makes fun of me all the time. I don't like sitting down to commit to a movie for about two and a half hours. I, I, that stresses me out. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't block off two and a half hours to commit to something. But I can watch five straight hours of a one-hour show. I don't know why Man, that is, me. but I could at least after one episode, I could be like, okay, I'm done. I got to go do this. I feel more in control. Maybe I think there's people out there that could agree with that, right? Am I wrong? You got to pick up your phone. Why? That, no, Man. I'm saying that's you. You got to be on the phone. You got to be in the know. You got to oh, know yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. You can't just turn the phone off. What time do you put your phone down for the night? Uh, honestly, I have a problem. On Sunday, I told you Nora was ready to kill me because the game was done. I was glued to my phone. Because I'm just yelling at so, all the obnoxious Bengal fans. Oh, Jerry, sorry, you're still there. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. So uh, just so just so I can get on with other people can get on. Uh, to, the, my comment to the UD fan who wanted to talk about the best team in town. Well, that may very well be true, but we will never know because the supposed best team in town is scared to play the other team in town. So I just got to say that before I get on out of here. Say what you chest. Free, watch it. All right. Well, I'll you know. Wolf of Wall Street, I'll put that on there. Look, Leonardo I'm, DiCaprio. I'm trying. Look, it's not even November yet. I usually don't piss UD fans off until we get to November. So I'm going to take my foot off the gas for at least another week or two, and then we'll see what happens there. But uh, nonetheless, yes, everyone knows those two teams should play, uh, but I'm not going to just do the same content every year when it comes to that. Nothing's changed. Uh, they haven't changed, and I haven't changed. I believe they should play. They won't play. It's it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, oh, David Shaw with more, you know, great commentary here. Kenner should watch Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaw, call back. Five one eight fourteen ten. Shaw, I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. The Justin Kenner Show with Kevin Nash. <laughs>
Lakers Astros series right there, nonetheless. But uh, if it does head that route, it'll be interesting. But NBA tonight, Kev, as we talked about, look, the, the Cavaliers don't tip off their season tonight. Um, but Sixers and Celtics. By the way, the Celtics debuting those. Like, we know what color green the Celtics are. Why do you got to do this weird shaded green thing? Like, do you see the jerseys they're wearing? Yeah, they, they're the dark green, like. Back in the days when Bill Russell played, they weren't like this mesh material. They were like that nylon. So when you sweat, it turned dark green as opposed to Celtic green. So it's already sweat dark green. So eh. That's because players don't work as hard as back then. So <laughs> that's why they're taking, they're taking nights off. Like, oh, man, we got to require these athletes to actually work hard in today's NBA to get a sweat going. You know what? Let's just make them sweat Not the green Celtics. Already. Not the Celtics. They, they worked hard all season, man. Last year, at least. Coach seemed a little distracted. They made it to the finals. I'm saying he seems a little too celebratory. Celtics Sixers tonight, Boston a three-point favor. Uh, but LeBron James and the Lakers. Uh, Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Uh, by the way, did you hear see that Kevin Durant was very outspoken about how unfair the media and the fans have been towards that situation. I think that says a lot right there because one of the knocks against Russell Westbrook has, of course, been the dynamic between him and Kevin Durant that they don't like one another, they don't get along. You know how crappy they, the media and fans have to be treating Westbrook <laughs> to get Kevin Durant to come to his aid? I, I think that says a lot. Interesting enough, though. But, yes, that storyline right there, and then the Warriors tonight. How about Poole, um, and who else got that extension for the Wiggins. Warriors? And Wiggins. How about that? Cavaliers' former first-round draft pick, of course, part of the LeBron trade to, to obviously send LeBron. That was against, obviously to Minnesota originally, part of the Kevin. Love, that's part of the yep. Kevin Love deal. Yep. Uh, but Wiggins getting paid, but I think it says a lot that you know Draymond Green pushing to get paid. He wants his money, and he ends up still sitting there waiting for that extension. But the two young guys got approved. Ain't no money left, yo. Yeah, he got to the Lakers next year. Oh yeah. That fits in what LeBron does. <laughs> a non-shooter on the floor with him. Yeah. The clog of the paint. Yeah. Again, that's why he's going to be a Laker next <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I, if I'm LeBron, I'm saying, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks, buddy. So, all right, folks. Good stuff today. Um, all right. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Shaw, what's up? Shaw? No, I'm just joking. You know he didn't call back. He didn't call back. All right, folks. Have a good night. Until tomorrow.